Galaxy 666 by Hell Toro. Session 64. I think we shall have to trust them, said Korzak. All right, I'm in favor of that, agreed Ishklaw. What do you say, Oski? What do you say, Oski? he repeated. By the great jumpy binary, the seven green moons, we are at least unanimous, said Oski. Unanimous with the exception of Bronit, said Korzak. Well, we shan't be able to know what Bronit thinks until we've already played our card and gone in with them to the extent of speaking to Bronet via that air circulator they were talking about, said Ishclaw. What do you think Bronit will say? Everything depends on him. He's our ace of trumps. He'll be our ace of spades if we aren't careful. What do you mean? asked Oski. Well, Bronit is our ace of trumps insofar as the aliens fear death. By going berserk deliberately in the control room, he can kill a lot of them. But that means killing us as well. Everything depends really on whether the aliens fear death as much as we do, less than we do, or more than we do. If they love life more than we do, said Oski, they must be singularly selfish beasts. That's a profound and philosophical remark, said Korzak. Is there anything wrong with loving life? asked Ishclaw. No, I suppose not, said Oski. Except that it becomes a bit of an obsession with some people. Usually those whose lives are the least valuable seem to be the most enamored of those lives. You're getting cynical, said Ishclaw. I'm not getting cynical, said Oski. In many ways, I'm afraid I'm a natural cynic. The world has a place for cynics, said Korzak. Where, under the feet of the successful? queried Oski. The really successful don't tread other people under their feet, said Oski. It's only the pseudo-successful. I wish you wouldn't use the word pseudo. It reminds me of pseudopods, and that reminds me of those jolly little gentlemen outside who are waiting for our decision. All right, let's not keep them waiting any longer, said Ishclaw. Let's give them a decision. For the want of anything better to do. For the want of anything better to say. For the want of any knowledge other than that we already possess. We throw in with them, right? He ended with an interrogative note. Right, right chorused the other two. They crossed to the door. It opened as though they had come through some photoelectric beam activating a mechanism. A group of the aliens were drawn up outside, guns at the ready still. Quite a little mutual trust organization, isn't it? said Korzak. Definitely, said Ishklaw. There was a smile on his handsome face. How to win friends and influence people, said Oski, quoting one of the great 20th century books with which he, as a historian, was familiar. There was a look if it could be called a look, on the faces, if they could be called faces, of the things. The foremost alien made contagio telepathic contact with Korzak. They linked hands again, and the message flowed like current along a wire. You have reached a decision, said the alien. Yes, we have reached a decision, agreed Korzak. You will fall in with our suggestion? The position is becoming desperate, if any of us are to survive. At that moment, the ship suddenly leaped violently, as though some incredible power had seized it and were hurling it violently around in space like a bad-tempered child with a toy. They picked themselves up, looking sheepish and battered. We will help you in any way we can, said Korzak as soon as he had re-established contact with the alien. Come this way, communicated the alien. They followed him through the door, around a corner, and then paused in front of a small rectangular inlet in the wall of the ship. There was a thin metal grid across it. Korzak realized from the alien's thought impact that it was this grid that was in communication with the central control room, where the all-important Bronit was ensconced. Korzak called quietly up the tube. Bronit! Bronit! This is me, Korzak! Can you hear me? 
If you can, find the other end of this ventilator shaft and call back down it. This is absolutely genuine. We are all here and we are all trying to make a deal with the aliens. There was a long, anxious, tense, vibrant silence. And then, slightly distorted by the tube, the three waiting humanoids and the aliens heard Bronit's voice. The fact that the aliens could hear surprised Oski now that he thought about it. And yet he knew that there were many mute creatures, or semi-mute creatures, which were nonetheless possessed of acute auditory faculties. Bronit's metallic-sounding voice coded out through the small aperture. Hello, Korzak. Hello, Oski. Hello, Ishkra. Are you all all right? We are all all right, answered Korzak. Everything's fine, said Oski. It's all okay, said Ishklaw. There was a pause while the echoes died away in the tube. What happened to the ship just then? asked Bronit. It was the same force if Illinari threw us into the sun around which this apocryphal planet whirls here on 666, explained Korzak. The aliens can't control their ship any more than we could control ours. I see. Bronit's voice sounded thoughtful. The position so far is this, said Ishklaw, taking up where Korzak had left off. You've got yourself barricaded into the aliens' control room. There is very little they could do while you're there. You are our trump card. With you here, we've got them pretty well leading out of our hands. We are still prisoners, but we are powerful prisoners. We are prisoners who have the power to wreck the prison. The last thing the aliens want is that. What happened to the alien I beat up? The alien nearest Korzak signaled. I am the alien he beat up, but I have suffered little physical damage. We do not suffer much lasting damage from physical violence. I was stunned at the time, but it is of no consequence compared to save it us all, and after all, we did use the weapon on you to get you aboard the ship. The score is equal, we think. There is no malice on our part, said Korzak, but tell me, was that weapon you used on us intended to kill or to stun? It only kills in very rare cases replied the alien. Very small, delicate creatures might not recover from it. We only intended to stun you. We were in fact surprised by the speed with which you recovered. Did you lose consciousness completely, or were you aware of what was happening, even while you were unable to move? We were aware of what was happening all the time. You are in contact with our mind, said Korzak. You could read that thought. Yes, but we find that you think more clearly when you are allowed to express your thoughts in words, signaled the alien. The ship is in the grip of the force that nearly wrecked us. Can you think of anything? said Korzak. As a matter of fact, said Bronit, I can. Here ends Session 64.